You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. My name is David Brady, and Kingdom Hearts is my perfect ten. And welcome back to Perfect Ten. Uh, I am your host, Michael Cohen. Uh, I, I almost forgot that I had to record this intro. Uh, uh, if not for the fact that there is no intro on the episode that I recorded, uh, I would have forgotten. Because this is new. This is new to the format. So um, here we are. It's actually uh, it's Halloween night as I record this. Uh, we just uh, we just did all of our trick-or-treating. We watched some Ghostbusters. We didn't make it all the way through. The girls had to go to bed. But uh, but we did watch some of Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, which remains a fantastic film. Uh, no change. No change there. Still awesome. Um, and it was a good night. It was, it was a pretty... You actually might even hear a little bit of the firecrackers going off in the background. Uh, somewhat unavoidable. I, I don't think you guys will be able to hear it, but, uh, but it is happening in our neighborhood. Um, yeah, this episode, this episode is fantastic. Um, I, I, David came on to talk about Kingdom Hearts, um, which is a, a video game franchise that is near and dear to my heart, but, uh, but even more so for him. Uh, and, uh, and when we get, we get deep into it, it is, uh, uh, with the other episodes that we've done so far, we haven't necessarily followed what I would consider a format, but I have like that bit of a rough outline, right? For every episode. Um, and, uh, with this one, we just, it went out the window cause there is just no way to, um, logically attack a conversation about Kingdom Hearts. You kind of just have to let it go where it takes you. Uh, and uh, and so, I, I don't know. I, I hope that this is fun for people who aren't big fans of Kingdom Hearts or, or might be new to the to the franchise. Uh, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard anybody talk about it. Um, I hope that it's still enjoyable, even though it's maybe a tad inaccessible <laughs> by virtue of the, of, of the topic itself. But, uh, but I'll tell you that David and I had a, a fantastic time talking about Kingdom Hearts. So, uh, so I hope that you guys enjoy it. Uh, before we get too deep into that, though, I will just uh, remind everybody up front here. Um, if you haven't already gone over to patreon.com slash thunderquack to, uh, to kick in with your support, um, I... I mean, like, I would love it if you did. I understand if you can't. It's not, it's not, it's not for everybody. I and and some folks just want to support with uh, their with their downloads and and such. But um, and that's fine. That's totally fine. But the goal that we have right now is if we can get that up to two hundred and fifty uh, American uh, uh, every month. Uh, if that can kind of be the the running. Uh, uh, tally on that one then i will go from one episode of perfect 10 every four weeks to an episode every other week um and perfect 10 will become sort of my main focus um of some 
a couple of you actually have actually already taken us up on this and, and moved the needle quite significantly. So, um, so just a few, I mean, honestly, a few more people at like the five or ten dollar level, and we'd be there. But but also the, those one dollar uh, subscriptions they matter as well. So um, and that a dollar gets you the podcast early. Uh, five dollars gets you the exclusive uh, podcast with me uh, off the record which happens uh, on those off weeks uh, in, in between new episodes uh, of Perfect 10 and Force Perspectives. Um, and then the $10 level gets you access to the Perfect 10 pop quiz, which, uh, which, which is fantastic. I mean, they're, they're, they're very brief episodes, but, uh, but, but uh, Tim is putting a lot of work into those. Tim Dipple. Uh, I, yeah, just fantastic stuff, man. So good. I, I, and they're just a fun little companion every week to the podcast itself. Right. Um, so, you know, whatever the topic is this week, then I, I, that's so kingdom hearts, right? So, uh, Tim puts together 10 questions, uh, basically like a, like pub trivia, but specifically on the subject of, uh, of whatever the podcast that week was, um, and it's just an awesome companion. It's an awesome companion to, uh, to Perfect Ten, um, and it just kind of keeps the conversation going for that little bit extra. And that's at the ten dollar level. Now, of course, you, you're also getting the podcast early. You're also getting off the record. So it's like it's like the additional five dollars also gets you that, if that makes sense. Um, but uh, I understand again if if you can't kick in, it's no problem. Just continue to enjoy the podcast for free. No worries there, but I will ask you to do one thing, if you could, if you just take a minute, just take a second, especially for Perfect Ten, because I know a lot of you are probably still listening on the Thunderquack uh, feed. Um, if if you could do just two very brief things for me, switch over and subscribe to the Th- to the Perfect Ten podcast feed. Um, even if you just download them and then delete them immediately, or if you like the, here's the thing, I want to phase the Thunderquack podcast, I, I feed out, I think, um, I, or I don't, I don't know. It's so tough. Cause it's like, do we get rid of that? And then, you know, I, but if I saw enough numbers on the thunder, I'm sorry, on the po- perfect 10 feed, if I could speak, then, uh, um, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't have to double post it the way that I am right now. Um, which would be great if we could just get it going sort of on one thing all, all on its own. Um, and then it's not mixed in with the download, like the download numbers aren't kind of mixed in. I mean, they're not really, but, but I, I just, it just makes things cleaner for me. So, so if you could do that, go and subscribe there. That also goes a long way in, um, in increasing the discoverability of the podcast for new listeners. So I, I, cause the algorithms and whatnot, they, they're paying attention to new subscribers. So I go over there, subscribe to the perfect 10 feed, which is, it's just perfect 10 on that one. Um, and leave a, leave a rating and a review, preferably, preferably a five-star review, but, uh, you know, I mean, be honest. I, I, and uh, yeah, if you could do if you could do those two things for me, that would be greatly, greatly appreciative and and in your debt, uh, your collective debt, which just means that I'll continue making the podcast. That's 
that's when I say in your debt, it's like, well, I pay that debt off with new episodes of the podcast that you enjoy. Um, if that, if that, if that works for you, if that's a good deal for everybody. Um, anyways, I, yeah, we're close on that goal. I would love to start doing the podcast every other week. Um, and, and sort of branch out with some of those ideas that I talked about on the, uh, on the Halloween special episode, which I hope everybody enjoyed. I hope everybody got a chance to listen to that before Halloween. Um, and, uh, and let me know, get like, give me the feedback. Let me know. Like, is that a thing that you guys want me to continue doing? You want me to do the perfect 10 Christmas movie episode? Um, or do you just want like the, the one-on-one conversations? Is that what you want more of? Um, I'll tell you, we've got, I, I, the next one scheduled but who knows what will happen between now and then uh in terms of maybe some other stuff but uh the next one on the schedule on the docket is with uh danielle who i uh, you guys if you've ever listened to if you listen to faster more intense or uh force perspectives i've had danielle on a couple of times several times actually now i uh, and i i she's coming on perfect 10 to talk about Avatar, uh, not the last Airbender. Avatar, the blue uh, uh, cat people. Um, obviously, in advance of Avatar: The Way of Water coming out soon. So, look forward to that episode coming soon. Uh, that'll that'll be. I mean, that's the next one that I've got on the schedule right now. But um, but but I might actually have some other stuff coming between now and then uh maybe some fantasy related stuff uh new series coming to disney plus so there might be something worth popping back in to check out um on the feed before then before that next episode talking about avatar the uh sorry the original avatar in anticipation of avatar the way of the the way of water um i just recently saw avatar again i took Kara to see it in the movie theater um when it was re-released just because it's been so long since I've seen it and she's never seen it and certainly not in the movie theater. And although in the moment she definitely got a little bit bored in, in the second act. And then she wasn't a huge fan of the violence in the third act, particularly because of all of the animals that were getting hurt. That was kind of her thing. Um, I later on we were at the lego store and she was like oh i want these lego sets the avatar lego sets and it was like that's what's on her christmas list for this year so um so i guess it made an impact i i which which uh which is awesome i think that's great so i i'll talk more about that we will talk in great depth i'm sure uh because danielle is huge into the avatar and that was like the first thing that jumped to mind when i asked her to be on so Look forward to that. Look forward to that other than coming in, in between. I, I, I'm being cagey because I'm actually not 100% sure what I'm allowed to talk about yet. So, um, but, I, I, but yeah, I, 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 there's some cool stuff happening. So, um, I, yeah, man, I, that's it. So with that, without further ado, I will we'll, we'll get into it with, uh, with with David, uh, f- who is just he's just from Twitter. He's just a guy. Uh, he was on What the Force and and all that. I talked a little bit about that in the episode already. But um, yeah, he was on that, and uh, I I heard him there and was like, this guy sounds like a cool guy. Followed him on Twitter, 
Uh, he is a great follow over on Twitter. Mindful, mindful underscore Jedi, I think, is is his Twitter handle. He says it at the end of the episode, um, if that's not it, but I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, and uh, and at a certain when I put out the thing of like, hey, who wants to be on the podcast? Who wants to be on Perfect Ten? Um, he 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 raised his hand, and I was like, awesome, let's get into it, let's do it. Uh, and uh, and it was a great conversation about Kingdom Hearts. So, without further ado. Uh, let's jump into that. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, my guest on this episode is uh, David Brady. I uh, we know each other basically just from Twitter. Uh, yeah. I, and uh, I, I mean, like, I think that our mutual connection is uh, is is Marie Claire Gould from What the Force, right? I think that's our that that that's uh, uh, sort of how we <laughs> came to know one another, um, as as happens on Twitter. Um, yeah. Yeah, you are, uh, you are, you are an accomplished, amazing artist, but uh, also a very insightful uh, fan of the Star Wars, uh, and uh, so you know, I've, I took note of that, gave you the follow, and then, um, and then I think, I think maybe when I when I first put out the call of like, hey, I'm doing this Perfect Ten show, who who's down to to come hang out? And I think that you had sort of thrown in and be like, oh yeah, sounds good, sounds cool. Um, and, uh, and, and we started talking from there. Uh, and, uh, and when I asked you what you wanted to talk about, you, you came back with kingdom hearts. And I was like, as I have been with everybody that I've, that I've had on the show so far, it's just been like, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about kingdom hearts. Like what, a, what a great, uh, uh, topic that I wouldn't have come to myself um, as necessarily something that I wanted to, to cover on Perfect Ten, but it absolutely fits the bill. Um, so thank you for being here. Uh, that's my roundabout way of, of just sort of re-introing you and saying thanks for, for being on the podcast uh, and bringing this topic. I am super excited to talk about Kingdom Hearts with you today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm also really excited. And when you originally reached out, and you're like, what's your perfect tenant? I'm like, okay, I could go Star Wars, but I think everyone's sick of hearing me talk about King- yeah, yeah. Uh, Star Wars. So I'll bore them with Kingdom Hearts now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the thing is, is that Kingdom Hearts is so Star Wars adjacent that it's like six of one, half dozen of the other. Uh, I, but uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, before, before we get too deep into things, let's start the way that we always got to start Perfect Ten. Can you please explain to the listeners who maybe aren't familiar with Kingdom Hearts, um, I what what the heck is Kingdom Hearts? What a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm going to do my best to do this briefly, and we'll see how brief I can actually make it. Uh, Kingdom yeah. Hearts, at its core, is a story about a boy named Sora. He's mid to early, uh, mid to late teens i think at this point um and he gets to parade through a variety of disney movies teamed up with donald and goofy mm-hmm. also run into 
a variety of cast members from Final Fantasy. <laughs> the crossover no one asked for, but we're all so glad we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and as various threats of darkness throughout the games try to destroy and wipe out the universe. Uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy are there uh, at every turn to save the day. Yeah. Um, people people may be vaguely familiar with Kingdom Hearts, um, it, even, even if they don't know it. Uh, if you've ever been to an anime convention and you've seen somebody with what appears to be a giant key that they're carrying around a big silver key uh, with a, with a gold uh, handle on it. Um, that is, that's the keyblade, which is sort of the central um, uh, uh, weapon of, of uh, Sora, the hero in kingdom hearts and, and, a, and a, and a very important story element <clears throat> as, as it goes on. But uh, yeah, I mean like this, so that's a great top level, um on kingdom hearts which which is just like to sort of sum up what you said it is uh i mean it's a video game series first and foremost but there's also a manga there was almost an animated series which actually the pilot the animatic version of the pilot uh did you see that like last week (laughs) yeah i did i did i did watch as much of it as I could handle before I had to, before I had to drop out of it and just go, you know what? I don't need this. Um, I'm glad this didn't happen. I, I, but I, I, I mean, yeah, like the main conceit of it is that you are a final fantasy RPG esque character. Um, although like a, a little bit more of like a kid friendly one than most of the, the characters from actual final fantasy games. And uh, and you you traverse the various kingdoms of Disney, right? Like that's I think that's where that the Kingdom Hearts title originally comes from. Um, is sort of like the, each each one of these worlds, uh, each one of the movies, each one of the big movies, uh, initially in the first game is like a is a world that you travel to and team up with the denizens of that world, and you know you're trying to stop. Uh, uh, all sorts of bad guys. Uh, it's it's so funny because it starts so simple in the first game, of like, oh, it's the Heartless, right? And and uh, and you're like, okay, so Maleficent and a bunch of other villains from these worlds have teamed up with the Heartless in order to um, capture the princesses of heart. You can guess who those are. Uh, they are all of the official Disney princesses, and. Uh, by doing so, they'll be able to unlock the door to Kingdom Hearts. Now, I asked you this question already, but the game itself asks the question, and I don't think over what is it? It's twelve games in the series so far. I don't oh, think it's ever, like that. ever sufficiently answered the question, what is Kingdom Hearts? But that's also the point <laughs> is that it like you can't answer it it's an unanswerable question and i think the only person who will ever really understand what kingdom hearts is within like the story itself is tetsuya nomura and i don't even think that he understands it fully i think it's like uh it's more of a feeling than anything right um 
but but the bad guys want their hands on it because it's it's power right they see it as power uh, uh and and along the way we we find out that there's that the heartless aren't even the bad guys the heartless are actually being used by a bad guy named ansem uh and ansem uh isn't even ansem ansem is actually uh what ansem is actually zemnis and but zemnis is ansem and there's uh, another guy that maybe is both of them or neither of them uh, in another world, because there's like sometimes when you're asleep, then you have a different version of yourself. I can clear this up if you want me to clear this up for you. <laughs> no, I just, I love, I love to, I love to talk about Kingdom Hearts as if I don't understand it because like I, I, I do actually have a pretty good grasp on it, but it is just, it is just so absurdly convoluted in the most anime fashion. Um, I love it because like a Disney movie seldom does the world and the the mechanics of a Disney film, like an animated Disney film actually make a lot of sense, right? Like, like, like let's, let's go with one that seems really, really simple on the surface. And it's one of the worlds from the first game, Tarzan, right? My favorite Disney movie. I, I Disney animated feature. I, Tarzan, super simple, right? He's raised by apes, and then Jane and her father come, and he finds out about the human world, and then, you know, he falls in love, and Clayton tries to kidnap all the apes to sell their pelts or whatever, and uh, and you got to stop him, right? Super simple on the surface, yet the mechanics of how Tarzan is able to communicate, I mean, obviously he's raised by the apes, so he can communicate with the apes. That one's easy. Why can he talk to the baboons? Can all of the apes talk to the baboons? <laughs> Tantor seems to be able to talk to all of the the apes. Can all of the elephants talk to the apes? Tarzan can talk to all of the elephants, but Tarzan's special and bridges worlds, right? So is that like his superpower is that he can talk to because he's a good mimic. That's what the movie establishes, right? So like that's that's the kind of logic that's in a Disney movie that like you can't probe too deep, right? And oh, then no, you, you can never do that. And then you switch over and you talk about a square, really, uh, honestly, like square soft, right? Because we're talking about Final Fantasy. So we're even like before Square Enix. So we're uh, yeah, I think the first soft. one, you still boot that up and it still gives you the square soft logo. Square and you're like, Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A long time ago. I, I grab any Final Fantasy game uh, and try and make sense out of whatever world you've been tossed into uh, Final Fantasy VI, right? Which we know in North America is Final Fantasy III. There are espers. Uh, espers come from a different plane of existence and um, they're magic. And, uh, you know, Kefka wants to use that magic in order to power machines in his world so that he can conquer the world because uh, he's basically he wants to be emperor palpatine right <laughs> i i but like that's the again that's like the surface of it but then like so every esper is different one's a giant whale one's a phoenix one's this one's that they're all a carbuncle is a cat with a jewel in its head i you know some of them are based off of greek myths some of them are based off of uh, I mean, like, is is Shiva in that one? I mean, I know Shiva's in other ones, but like, yeah, Ifrit is is often in there, which is uh, which is uh, uh, more of like a, a Middle Eastern uh, Indian uh, deity. Uh, you know, like, like I, uh, 
I, there's no rhyme or reason to 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 which deities have been pulled into it. It's just all kind of a mishmash. And then, you know, as a character, you're able to summon the espers, but you're trying to stop Kefka from using the espers. But you're not like, you're not, but you're using the espers. And when you do, then you learn their magic abilities and you can switch them between characters because there's a place where it's like, there's a story happening with these things, but then there's also mechanics for the gameplay. And sometimes these things are at odds in almost every single final fantasy game (laughs) where it's like, so you're taking that logic, you're taking the logic of a Disney movie and you're smashing them together. And then you're trying to explain that you use gummy ships which are ships made out of gummy blocks, gummy like candy. Don't know. It's never really explained. They're just gummy ships. That's what they're called. G U M M I Chippendale build them for you. Not Chippendale from like the cartoons, but Chippendale from the kingdom that King Mickey is from, which is where the Donald and Goofy that you're hanging out with are also from. And like, we never actually go to any of like those, like, like the actual like Disney character, like the Fab Five, I'm saying their their world. Except except one time we go to the Steamboat Willie world where there's a different Mickey that's not King Mickey. So is this also a multiversal concept, or is it that there are worlds and you can traverse the space between these worlds? Super unclear. Uh, and just like so, there's there's like layers and layers of of nonsense all stitched together with logic that is specious at best i think uh, and uh, and then on top of it you've got what is actually like a really thoughtful um uh very like deep uh, uh mature story of, of like a coming of age story about free will and good versus evil and i i uh, like the bonds of friendship and love and all of this stuff that's actually a really really good story but that gets like almost mired in everything else that kingdom hearts is and it like because you have to like you have to separate the layers if you want to really understand kingdom hearts right yeah um, it's really easy to lose the uh forest through the trees with kingdom hearts yeah 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 absolutely i mean i i because even just even just aspects of it like roxas who's introduced in the second game right i who it turns out is sora's nobody which a nobody is created when a person becomes a heartless when they have their heart taken away right and so uh it was funny because everybody was like who is roxas what is roxas when the when the second game was coming out and we found out about that character and it took a long time before realized that roxas is the name sora with an x inserted in the middle of it and rearranged (laughs) and uh xemnas is ansem with his name rearranged and an X inserted in it. Why an X? Because they're part of organization 13. Yeah. Which, which has an X and then, and then in Roman numerals, it has an X in it. So we put the X in their name. Like, like I, I, that's the sort of thing that like that Nomura is so known for like these flourishes of like, there's a logic to that, but don't look at that because that's almost, it's almost like the prestige, right? Like he gets you so distracted with like, wait, so everybody in organization 13 is a nobody, which means that like, there's a heartless out there that like, like that their heart 
belongs to and something but there's an x in their names why is it an x in their names and it's like it's a it's just a distraction from what the actual story is because none of that is actually relevant or really matters all that much um and we haven't even we haven't even gotten into the the birth by sleep let's go into the past and talk about uh, uh whether or not these characters are reincarnated but also exist at the same time i uh, i that whole aspect of it <laughs> Birth by Sleep's a fun one. You get all the Tara, Akko, and Ven just tragedies for about 10 years. They get to just all tragically exist in their own varying states of hell. Aqua in Kingdom Hearts' equivalent of actual hell. Ven gets off the easiest because they just put him in a coma for about 10, 12 years. And And then Tara's just possessed and split in two. And just has to suffer as the main antagonist so far, Zaynort, uh, is possessing yeah. his body and using him to just torment his friends and the universe uh, for yeah. about 12 years. Yeah, it, so it, it it's it's this thing of like, um, for me with Kingdom Hearts, there's, a, there's an aspect of it where it's like, it's only ever as complicated as you want to make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, when you play through the three mainline games kingdom hearts one two and three and and four is is in development right now thank god um, if you just want to play those main line games you're fine you'll be fine and and every once in a while some some character is gonna crop up and you're gonna be like wait a second who is who is this you know like like who who is who is this blonde girl that looks exactly like Kyrie? is it is this Kyrie's nobody maybe i don't know has that ever been answered i i yeah nominate nominate is Kyrie's nobody okay yeah so like cuz there's this there's there's that component of it where it's like you have our three lead characters right the the, the three central characters of the story Sora, Riku and Kyrie who are uh uh, best friends from some little island that they hang out on. Um, I, their 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 parents just let them paddle out to this island and hang out there all day. I guess. I, I they do have parents that is established in the series, uh, it but but it's never important. <laughs> but they nope. do have they do have whole families, but they only care about the three the three of them. Um, so they're sort of like our main template, and then we have the nobodies that they uh, mirror them of uh, Roxas, Naminé, and Axel, right? Like Axel is kind of yeah. meant to be, be, even though, like is Axel isn't actually Riku's nobody, right? Like Axel belongs to somebody else, but. Yeah, Axel, Axel is, um, Axel's his own character. He's not tied to Riku. Yeah, yeah, but but within like the template of it, he's very much like, it's the there's the three of them. And then, uh, as you mentioned before, Ven, Terra, and Aqua are like from a thousand years ago or something like that. I, I, I back when they, because <laughs> when you first when you play the first game, Sora gets the Keyblade, and it's a whole thing of like there's a moment when because Riku turns bad. Riku is tempted by the dark side, and uh, and and falls to the dark side, and he's a bad guy. And there's a moment where Riku be where Sora becomes unworthy of the Keyblade, and Riku takes it from them. And we're led to believe in that first game that there's only one Keyblade, right? Until we get towards the end of the game, and we find out that, as a matter of fact, Mickey Mouse himself, King Mickey, also has a Keyblade. How could he not? Of course, and his is inverted. It's a gold 
key with a silver handle, which tells us that he's awesome. I that's it. That's all that tells us. <laughs> I and then and then later on, like by the time we get to Birth by Sleep, we find out that actually Keyblade wielders, which was like first hinted in a post credit scene before the Marvel Cinematic Universe was doing post credit scenes. By the way. Like, let's just give credit where credit is due to Kingdom Hearts because they really, like, nailed the post-credit scene before anybody else, in my opinion. They've been rocking those since 2001, I think. Yeah. They've been yeah. rocking the post-credit scenes. Because at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, the full secret ending of the the final mix version, right, we mm-hmm. get the... the um the the video of of the keyblade wielders and we find out that actually like a long time ago there were like hundreds of keyblade wielders they're basically jedi <laughs> i mean like like so like the i fun said with the, with the jedi thing is yeah. i think both by sleep's only 10 years before but then there's like 100 okay. years before them and then there's that you end up finding out the keyblade wielders used to be a dime a dozen uh, but um, with the Terra Aqua and Zen's masters voiced by Mark Hins. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and and to me, it's like this is the piece. That's the piece of it that is the most obvious to me. And I I don't know that that Nomura has ever talked about it. But but at a certain point, he did just make the Keyblade a lightsaber and. Uh, and and make the keyblade wielders uh jedi uh, like like in in within the lore it's funny because i think i uh, there there's a there's a lot of evidence pointing towards and we, we were all hoping i think that in kingdom hearts 3 we would get marvel and star wars added in right because in 2 all of a sudden we 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 expanded the world and it wasn't just the animated stuff you go to pirates of the caribbean and you go to tron right so all yeah. of a sudden we're in we're in live action stuff as well um and so everybody was like oh and three now that because because <laughs> two came out a very long time ago <laughs> long before i i uh, the the disney mega omnicorp had purchased every other ip on the planet um but now yeah, that we I were do, still stuck with uh we were still stuck with eisner we wouldn't have Iger buying the planet yet <laughs> yeah yeah i Everybody was hoping for Star Wars and Marvel in three, right? But it seems like in four, I don't think that we've gotten any hints at any of the Marvel stuff yet, but in the trailer for Kingdom Hearts 4, some people think that they can see the the leg of an ATST in the background yep. and that, that we're finally going to... Uh, we're finally, finally, finally after... I mean, like, seriously, even before Star Wars and Disney were a going concern... I, I I like the, the that whole aspect of it. Um, fans just imagined what a Keyblade would look like if it were a lightsaber, because um, you know we also imagine what it would look like if Wolverine had lightsaber claws, and yeah. <laughs> like it's just yeah, lightsabers yeah, yeah. are just awesome. So, uh, so that's just been something that's been out there in the fan community forever, and now it feels like we're. Um, within five to 10 years of getting to see it in a game because yeah. kingdom hearts games come out when they come out and we should just be grateful for it. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I think, I think star Wars and kingdom hearts is something the has also wanted to do for a yeah. long time. I mean, the Mark Hamill thing aside, I know he worked on the original run of seven and they've got uh Biggs and the other character uh, as part of avalanche. Uh, I'm totally forgetting the other one's name but they're like Luke's friends on Tatooine or whatever. Um, 
Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. I, um, Biggs and Wedge is that Biggs and Wedge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, a, which? Yeah, which is <laughs> like yeah, because that's a that's a whole thing. Yeah, since um since I think actually even since six, Biggs and Wedge have appeared in every Final Fantasy game. That's um, incredible. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> which is just uh, a, it's just a and I think that was like a localization thing. It's just that like like Jap- there's Japanese names and they just needed like side character names and somebody was just like let's just call them Biggs and Wedge. Uh, that's incredible. I love that. And then there's like one gummy ship level in two um, as you're going into like the final world. That's basically they were just like, all right, we're just going to do the trench run from A New Hope and that's going to yeah. be the level. <laughs> Everything looks very Death Star. Um, so I think it's something he's been playing with and really wanting to do for a long time. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, th- I mean, I, I mean, I think all of his, uh, all of Nomura's stuff, because Nomura isn't just responsible for Kingdom Hearts. Obviously, he's 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 integral uh, with everything uh, since since FF Seven, right? Um, yeah, so I mean, he's basically he's spearheading stuff. the uh, Seven remake stuff. Yeah. Um, if you want to get into it, there's the Final Fantasy versus Thirteen becoming Fifteen, and that mess, and how that's basically he's repurposing all the he got. So he was originally on Final Fantasy versus 13. Um, mm-hmm. He got too busy and Square pulled him from the project. And he's been livid about it for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's basically, and then they made 15 and 15 is fine. Um, it would have been cool if it was finished. <laughs> <laughs> but he's basically now taking the main character of that, Noctis, renaming him. He's now thrown him into Kingdom Hearts and is making him like a big deal character um, in this new world Sora is going to in in four. Um, now that Sora's dead, and because uh, <laughs> that's what happens, to, so Sora's in hell now. Um, but this new character Yuzora is Noctis straight out of uh, Versus Thirteen, and he's just mm-hmm. going to use Kingdom Hearts to tell the story he originally wanted to tell. <laughs> So if you want any idea of where the series is going, uh, besides playing all the games, if you play 15, he's going to be pulling piece, bits and pieces out of what he wanted to originally do with that game to go oh, forward. Yeah. Yeah. He's a vindictive man. <laughs> <laughs> now, and and uh, did he, was he one of the directors on, or did he direct 12 as well? Um, I'm not sure if he worked on 12. I'm not sure. 12, I know he was definitely 12... part of 13. 12 is the most blatant Star Wars ripoff that Final Fantasy has ever done. Like, like 12 is is literally like if you took Star Wars and Final Fantasy and you mashed them together, what would you get? Um, and and uh, yeah, it's it's so I mean, like, like every every main character in star wars is represented somewhere in 12 um, i love that that's incredible yeah it's fantastic i i let's let's get into it's 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 so hard to stay on what is on topic with talking about kingdom hearts as a perfect 10 right because uh we don't have the time that it would take to sum up the whole story essentially i i bad guys want to use kingdom hearts for evil and Sora wants to stop them along with King Mickey. And then uh, Riku is pulled between these worlds, uh, but ultimately is a good guy 
Um, I mean, really, since the middle of two, Riku's a good guy, so it's, it's he's not really pulled between two worlds anymore. But uh, he's sort of our, our recovered hero, and then Kyrie, uh, I will hopefully like do more in the next one. <laughs> God, she, did a, she, she did a fair bit in, in in three, but but I I hope I I like I'd really like them to, to make a side game with Kyrie where she's the lead character, um that's action based and and let her actually like exist, uh separate from the other two characters and not just as their token girl, but uh, female. Yeah, character. when we had when we had uh, playable Kyrie in the DLC for three, and I was like, thank God it's been almost twenty years. It took you long yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah. Every other main character has been playable except her. Uh, (laughs) All of the other 12 main characters. Uh, But yeah, so generally, uh, the big overall points is Xehanort, who is the big, big bad throughout uh, all of his various incarnations and possessions and forms of self, um, is trying to use kingdom hearts to uh kind of nuke the universe because he believes the universe has been tainted by darkness and wants to use kingdom hearts to uh plunge the universe into darkness so that it can start off fresh all of light he's just going to purge the universe to to cleanse it is basically his goal um which you find out once you get introduced to him like six games in what his actual deal is um but all of his other minions that are running around and trying to to accomplish this goal as Sora is stopping them um time and time again uh Sora's just trying to save everybody Sora's Sora's great uh, I think Sora comes off as uh really childish a lot of the time in some of the things and I think uh that can grate some people for a bit. He's just having like the very good character being the main hero who doesn't have a lot of um, just kind of more depth. He's just way of sunshine, almost about 24 <laughs> seven. Yeah. Not much can get this kid down. He's ready to go. Um, and I think it's really emphasized a lot in kind of the final boss rush in three as he's kind of um, tying up all the loose ends with all the various uh, rogues gallery villains. Um, I mean, basically, you know, the, the plan's foiled, the game's up, they're, they're all kind of realizing this one by one. And he's basically just getting this chance to be like, hey, guys, and just be kind to them. And they're like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be a bad person maybe i should go uh yeah go rethink some things and like this is after they went and killed all of his friends and sort of fixed that but he's just like yeah you guys killed all my friends and that was a rough 24 hours but <laughs> <laughs> but besides that uh you know you guys can go do good things go do good work uh and there's there's maybe two characters that kind of don't take that lead. Um, one of them who's going on to become a further problem down the line. And then one of them is just um, darkness incarnate, so he can't. Um, mm. uh, but the rest of them are all like, oh yeah, now that we're gonna go have this 
uh, second or third lease on life. Maybe we go, uh, maybe we go change it up. Let's go, you know, find those lost family members or friends that we hurt and yeah. kind of fix it. And even Zaynort, the ultimate bad guy, his uh, Mark Hamill's character shows up at the end and he's like, dude, uh, the superior Mark, uh, Mark Hamill force ghost sequence, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's just like, all right, my man, enough's enough. And then the, and they end up having a nice moment and then they get to pass into uh, Kingdom Hearts together. But even like the bad guy, he just gets a, he gets a small little redemption moment, realizes he was wrong, passes off uh, the ultimate weapon to Sora and he's like, all right, you got me. Touche. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think friendship wins, and then he gets to yeah. go to heaven. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the 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 key uh, pun intended with Sora is that he is like he's he's pure of heart, and everything that he does, he does out of like love for his friends, right? Yeah. And so he is from a hero's journey perspective, right? Like if we're going to go into the Campbellian aspect of it, which is really hard with this one because it follows no structure whatsoever. I, uh, but, but we should phone MC in for this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh man. I mean, like I, t- I would love to get like, like just MC and, and, and Ty to just like dig into kingdom hearts and like try and make sense of like the thematic elements of it. Cause there's just so much going on. And some of it is so, so blatantly surfaced like Sora himself, who is just mm-hmm. like, like you said, like he's a ray of sunshine. Right. Um, and I like, I look at him like he is, he is the elixir. Right. Um, which like when we talk about Star Wars and and you can hear MC and and Ty talk about this a lot with the Mandalorian like Grogu, right? Grogu is Grogu is also the elixir, right? Every character that comes in contact with Grogu, every place they go in the Mandalorian when we revisit it later on or revisit one of those characters, they've been healed. And like, he literally does this as well, right? He literally yeah. heals grief Karga at the end of the first season. And then the next time that we come back and we see grief Karga, he's no longer this like a guy handing out bounties or whatever. Now he's this like magistrate, right? He's got, he's got the fancy outfit and, and, and the, the planet that was just lava fields is now starting to, to bloom again and all of that sort of thing. Sora is a very similar character where like everywhere he goes, um, he like, it, it is his job to bring people together and forge new friendships. Um, yeah. And that's, that's why by the end of three, you, you do have like 12 playable characters and you're swapping off with a bunch of them and stuff because mm-hmm. every, enemy every adversary that he comes across not every but like a lot of the adversaries that he comes across mostly like characters that are created for this story right um like hades isn't going to join up with sora but i but like all of these other characters like axel and 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 others who are originally seen as bad guys um they end up on your side because like you just like no one can hate sora (laughs) It's impossible yeah. to hate Sora. Um, one of the one of the things I love about Sora, outside of you know his person, is the more you go into the story, unlike Grogu, who is kind of Grogu comes into the story, right? Mm-hmm. 
into the story and he starts, you know, being able to put the set things right. Um, Sora exists solely because of the actions and suffering that everyone else had to endure. Sora is the end result. He's the last uh, link in the chain. So everyone, Sora is kind of um, basically everything everyone's been working towards is what Sora is. So he can only be able to save and heal and uh, help everyone because of the actions, even though the actions the bad guys had taken. Uh, yeah. He, yeah, so he's, which is, I think, really cool. So like when you're talking about him being the elixir and all that, it's because, yeah, the community basically came together and they're like, all right, here's the kid. And the kid's like, all right, well, I guess I'll fix your mess that you all made for me. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and he just takes it in. It's, it's just kindness just straight down the boards and he's like all right let's have it yeah it's funny because i because i think i think what you we mentioned before is that people kind of bristle at that character a little bit sometimes because so many people i mean uh, black adam just came out uh last week and i unfortunately went and saw it my brother wanted to go see it and uh and so i went to see it with him and i i that's what people think they want people think they want a character who is heroic, but that like will just toss people, you know, a thousand feet into the air and watch them die. Um, like, and, and I, I, I like the anti-hero thing. Like people think that they just, they want edgy, uh, uh, dark, mature versions of their, of these characters. Um, and Sora is like, so just flying in the face of that. Right. Like he is just, he is just optimism and hope and uh, and love and and kindness and compassion and all of these things that we mm-hmm. actually that we actually really consider to be heroic, right? Like these are these are the things that that in in the real true sense of heroism, uh, selflessness and and compassion and love and and empathy are are things that we actually value, um, whether it's what we want our media to reflect or not. Um, at the end of the day, when a character is redeemed, which we all talk about redemption being so important in storytelling, uh, it is it's it's there it's a character trying to return to that state, right? But Sora, it just is like he just is all the time, um, and and uh, and he, he's voiced by Haley Joel Osment, which, as the years have gone on, has become even like more and more of a ridiculous notion. Um, because Sora hasn't aged that much, but Haley Joel Osment sure as hell has. Uh, <laughs> it is incredible how that the fact that I don't know, like he's about like thirty two or something now, he can yeah. still pull that voice off. Like it's it's changed throughout the years, and it gets a yeah. bit sillier when they put him back in the Kingdom Hearts one character model, and be like, eh, it doesn't work. Because um, a few of the games that they've done that, and it's like, eh, the work's less good. But like in the mainline games, yeah. like as he goes, you can like tell it's like okay, he feels like he's a year older in each of these. It doesn't feel like it's been twenty years, and he's still yeah. he's still pulling it off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for four because four is the one that's that's kind of like the character model for Sora. Um, he's the most realistic that he's ever looked, right? Like, yeah. where he's there's still cartoony elements to it, but like the big shoes are gone, the the floppiness is sort of not there. Um, 
Yeah. So like what I was talking about there. So the what what's happening with that is like I said, Sora's dead now. Um, yeah. He's the the way they're describing it is there's another flip side because Kingdom Hearts likes having their flip side worlds. You get the light and the dark world, and then you have like yeah. their world and the sleeping world. And they they like their flip upside down worlds. So they're calling it um, either reality and unreality or fiction and nonfiction. And the character can. The Kingdom Hearts characters all believe they live in reality. They all live in the uh, real world. And now that Sora has passed on in efforts to save his friends, he's now passed on to unreality, which seems to be just Tokyo. He's just yeah. in the real world now. And that's why everything's gray and drab. He looks super realistic. It's because he's, he's here now. This is, yeah. where, this is where you go after you've died in a Disney movie, apparently. <laughs> it's, I'm so excited by it because it, it to me, it is the perfect setup having him pass into, I, I guess if it's unreality, right? But unreality actually being our reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in order to get back to his friends, he's going to have to probably once again journey through these layers in order to get back to, to, to where everybody else is. And if he's got to pass through like the MCU and star Wars to get there where it's like, well, these are just a, these are just a degree or two off of reality, right? Like, like star Wars is still pretty realistic compared certainly to Alice in Wonderland. Right. So it's like, if he's, if he's stuck fully on that other side, and now, like, in order to get back to the Disney side of it, he's got to go through these other things. Um, and if we can get maybe some of us, look, listen, I, I, we're, kind of, we're so far off format, but I don't care because it's Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> there is no format. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say what, what my dream world in in Kingdom Hearts is the the world that I most desire for Sora and crew to travel to, uh, and, then, and then and then I want you to give yours, um, because it's got to be we got to be somewhere within the Disney property, right? Yeah. But but if if we already feel like look, I don't have to put Star Wars in there because it's a lock. I'm a, we are like ninety percent sure, if not like ninety nine percent sure, that Star Wars is happening in Kingdom Hearts Four. If Star mm-hmm. Wars is happening, then MCU is almost certainly also happening, right? For um, sure. Whether or not we actually go to like MCU Battle of New York or something like that, which is what Nomura would do, he would absolutely just drop us in at the end of Avengers uh, uh, with those characters. If not that, I could see a world where like half of the summons in the game are Avengers, right? Where it's yeah. just like, like that's just the way that it goes. Um, and then he'll just throw Wolverine in as well because he would do that. I, yeah, honestly, because, <laughs> um, because of it would be, it be wild if the first time we ever got to see MCU Wolverine was in Kingdom Hearts game. Uh, that would be the, that would be the most like Kevin Feige slash Nomura way to do that is to give everybody exactly what they want in the way that they least ever expected or wanted it to happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the world that I need and, and longtime listeners of my podcast will probably already know where I'm going. I, the world that I most absolutely need to see in a video game and, and, and restored to its rightful, rightful place within the Disney hierarchy is Barsoom. So John Carter, right? I, mm. because I love that movie 
and I love that world. And it's a tragedy that we didn't get to live there for a longer time. And it's absolutely criminal that Taylor Kitsch has been sort of saddled with the, the, the remnants of the career that he has because of what happened with that movie. I would love to see in the same way that like, look, I don't think that Tron legacy happens if Tron, if Space Paranoids is not a world in Kingdom Hearts 2. I don't think it would have happened. Oh, interesting. All right. I think I think that they, they Kingdom Hearts 2 bringing Tron back into pop culture consciousness contributed a great deal. I think it put it back on Disney's radar. They all of a sudden saw that a bunch of huge nerds were like man tron is awesome what happened to that right and like the internet was like because when when kingdom hearts 2 came out i think they that of all of the new worlds that were added tron was the one that people like sort of lost it over it was like light cycles and so i i I think on the internet at the time i was in fifth grade so i i missed that entire reaction to that yeah, yeah, yeah. People people loved that that Kingdom Hearts was going there, right? It was like Pirates of the Caribbean, because Pirates of the Caribbean was still fairly fresh at that point in time. I think we only had like two movies when Kingdom mm-hmm. Hearts came out. Uh Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. Um but and people loved King uh, uh Pirates of the Caribbean at that point. It hadn't overstayed its welcome yet. Um which it absolutely has now. Uh, oh yeah. I, uh, which is, uh, which is so unfortunate because that first movie is so good, but I, I, yeah, I, I think that, that when, when, when you get to that part of the story and it's like, oh, we're going to go inside the computer and, uh, and, and that space paranoids name comes up and all of a sudden it's like, it's like, it's not just that Nomura went, oh, Tron is cool. Nomura went like, like they, they were like, Hey, what do you like? Like what, what, what's a Disney thing that you really like? And he was like, hold on to your, hold on to your identity discs, everybody. Cause he like went so hard with space paranoids. And then I, uh, it sucks that, that Tron legacy, uh, is, is relegated to, uh, it's, it's in dream drop distance. Right. I, yeah. I, so, which is one that like, that was a DS or, 3ds i can't that dream, is, dream drop distance. there are three there are three d's in it because that's why it's called dream drop distance this is nomura yeah. is just a troll like i don't think i don't mm-hmm. know that people understand this but he is just messing with everybody because he's like hey kingdom hearts 3ds 3ds 3d it's a 3d game dream drop yeah. distance guys what does dream drop distance mean nothing it's three words that start with the letter d 3d it's on the 3ds you guys are you following me and everybody's like but what does it mean no more and he's like that's what it means that's it i think you actually it. gave an explanation at one point and two two of them made sense dream made sense because it's the dreaming world uh drop is like the drop mechanic where you're switching between recon yeah. store and he's like and then the distance is how far they are from part i'm like all right you're stretching you've lost it now you have me with the, the, ca- the counter right like the countdown <laughs> timer is the distance thing and yeah anyways yeah um so yeah, like like we eventually got to see the Tron Legacy world brought into that one, but but it being on the on the the 3DS, it was I it doesn't do it justice. So I really hope yeah. I really hope that we get to revisit that, like Kingdom Hearts Four, um, on on the PS5 presumably, uh, and I guess Xbox One S or One One 
I don't what what are they? What's Xbox One? I couldn't tell you the next box naming convention if I yeah, thought. it's so dumb, <laughs> so dumb. Hey, hey, here we are, the two of us. We're like just just going off about Kingdom Hearts and the ridiculousness of Kingdom Hearts, and then it's like Xbox, and we're like well, the stupid naming conventions of of the Xbox. I I know Kingdom Hearts so deeply and intricately. I know everything going on with the letter X in Kingdom Hearts with the organization and the keyblade yeah. that's spelled with an X. I can follow that perfectly fine. X is everywhere. Xbox S Series X? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. I think that's not even a thing I just said. But I can't follow the Xbox titles if I wanted to. I don't know. Um, yeah, PS5. Everybody just get a PlayStation. Be a cool person and get a PlayStation. Come on. Um, so so I love that, that Microsoft is constantly like, what are we going to call this new console? I don't know. Why don't we call it the Xbox 360? What? Uh, okay. Uh, what are you going to call the next one? The Xbox One, but it's the <laughs> but it's the third console exactly. So okay, whatever. Meanwhile, PlayStation is, and Nintendo's like like this one's the Nintendo, this one's the Super Nintendo, this one's the Nintendo sixty four, this one's the GameCube because it's a cube, and like they get the Wii, the Wii U, the the Switch because they get more and more clever with their names uh, yeah. and the silliness of their names. Meanwhile, PlayStation, Sony's just over here like just increase the number. This is it's two now. Yeah, it's just. And we're gonna go with that. One. Yeah, <laughs> and and at no point is anybody ever like that's really lame that they just keep incrementing the number. It's like no, the PS Five. It's super easy to explain. It might. Yeah. I I I I. My parents could could understand. Yeah, uh, everyone's what a looking here like five is. Phone names like they were like all right, this is the iPhone X, but the last one was eight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and playstation's like we're just going up it's fine windows trying to do like their naming system and then they're at eight eight point one everyone's just like sunny's just like no yeah one two count with us three <laughs> hey sony what 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 are you going to call your portable handheld system um playstation portable <laughs> and then the vita came out the vita had had a vita, but vita means life so that's okay yeah. i i that was like a catchphrase back then uh but <laughs> even like the that's like oh oh sony's gonna put out a playstation vr headset what are they gonna call it playstation vr <laughs> thank you sony for keeping it simple so that we can use our brain power uh uh what what little uh we we can devote to it to uh trying to figure out why things are named what they're named in kingdom hearts <laughs> so back to john carter i just think that they um because the conceit in john carter is that uh john carter himself when he gets to to barsoom uh, mm-hmm. mars right uh mars has a different gravity and because of mars's different gravity john carter is a superhero he's he can leap tall buildings in a single bound he's got incredible strength um and uh, and then he's also a, a badass soldier on top of that so i i for the confederacy but we'll we'll we're gonna overlook that because it was a long time ago and actually it's part it's it's an important thematic aspect of it that he was a confederate soldier uh because it there's a whole thing of like the different tribes of mars and stuff we don't have time to get into that right now i'll do john carter (laughs) perfect 10 at some point and we'll get into it edgar rice burroughs did it on purpose he was a confederate soldier on purpose not because he was a racist 
it, it, it's, it's there's a there's a positive message in it um, right. i i it's in the books he and we never we never get there in the in the movie because we only get the first movie in the books like he becomes the king and and uh, i uh, leads barsoom into like a golden age sort of thing and and it's because of like his experiences during the civil war and fighting for the wrong side and being the bad guy and realizing that he was the bad guy that he is able to to uh i i I be a good leader. So anyways, the whole thing. But if Sora, Donald and Goofy end up on Barsoom, then they will also have superpowers, right? Like, so Sora, like, so the game mechanics, it's not, this isn't just about me going like I, this, I want this world because I love John Carter so much, which I do. And that is why, but then like the gameplay lends itself to this world and to have like, and you get Taylor Kitsch back. You get him to come back and voice that character, and you don't retell the story of the first movie. You use this as an opportunity to continue the story. You get him back to Barsoom because that's the whole thing of 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 the the second story is him getting back to to Mars. And I I yeah I mean it it would be phenomenal. It would be phenomenal to like start in uh, man where is he at the end of of the first movie like Montana or something or Utah or something like that to start with him there and him trying to figure out how he's going to get back. Uh, and for Sora and, uh, and Donald and Goofy to help him get back to Barsoom and then, uh, and, and then uh, reclaim his throne um, would be. So this fantastic. is how it works. Right? This is, I, I tell you how this works, right? Kingdom Hearts 4, Sora is trying to come back from the dead, right? So he's navigating earth. He takes a flight mm. from Tokyo to New York. Boom. We take care of the Avengers. All right. Now we yeah. go over to Montana. We get yeah. Thor back into space. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it is perfect. We do Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. The, 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 um, Oh man, it's been so long since I've since I've like been deep into the John Carter lore. The, the pendant, the Thern pendant, right? Mm-hmm. has the ability to transport you from one place to another right uh just by by saying the words of where you want to go right and yeah. so i uh, it's a perfect MacGuffin for sora to be looking for is to find one of these pendants so that he can return to his friends right um I mean, like that just writes itself. No, Murat, I'm here, man. Like, I, like <laughs> this one's free. This one's free. I'm th- this. Let this stand as a contract that I don't require payment. Doing that story in Kingdom Hearts Four is payment enough. It's all I require. You can have that one now. If you want to do more with with that character in that world, then I think that maybe Nomura, you, me, and Andrew Stanton should all sit down have a conversation um just just because i just because i want to do that but um yeah no so that's mine that's my that is my dream world for for kingdom hearts 4 what do you what do you want to see in kingdom hearts 4 all right mine's much less dramatic and okay <laughs> and less epic of a thing um but some of my favorite worlds to the uh probably contradiction to many is uh in at least in two I love Hundred Acre Woods. I love it. I love okay. all those mini games. They're fantastic. Uh, some an option I chose for Perfect Ten, or I was thinking about mulling over, Mary Poppins. I would love yeah. Mary Poppins as just like a side mini game world where you just go over there 
and like one of the mini games you're jumping in and out of the chalk pictures you know something yeah. small like that i'm like yeah let's uh, let, let's sort of go over to london we can pull emily blunt in because they're pulling in the big names now for frozen they got josh gad and idina mandel and Kristen bell yeah. and all of them back because apparently they have the budget for that now i think that was more disney saying hey we're doing frozen and we're not letting anyone do these characters so you guys are showing up now <laughs> <laughs> because for pirates they didn't get johnny depp oh, well. Orlando bloom or um Keanu Knightley or Jeffrey Rush. No, they I'm sure they, pro- they they probably just got James Arnold Taylor to voice all three, right? <laughs> uh, they did it. I know he did James Arnold. I know he did Jack in two. I don't think he did Jack in three, um, yeah. which was fine. <laughs> but um, and that they did get uh, the guy who did Gibbs though. They did get him for Pirates, uh, which was nice. <laughs> but like we get Emily Blunt in, right? We do we do a small Mary Poppins for it. We just circle back to London. Every hair, he's been to London. He's done Peter Pan, roughly the same time period. He just <laughs> he just circles back to London, and he just hangs out and does the mini games with Mary Poppins. I'd love that. That'd be yeah, that'd be great go. for me. They've tackled most of my uh my big Disney properties uh at this point because I was uh, the '90s animated stuff is all my favorite, and then Pirates. So they've already taken all of my favorites off the board. <laughs> so I'd like a nice small. Uh, Nice, good mini game world in, uh, out of Mary Poppins. I think it'd be be nice. Yeah, totally. Uh, awesome. I uh, man, I do. Is is there any sort of of the of the the, the background stuff that you wanna that you wanna get into uh, that you wanna talk about uh, with Kingdom Hearts? So I mean, there's there's all the lore stuff, and I think um, one of the things I with with the lore that it's complicated i think it's if anyone who's listening to this has not played kingdom hearts and mm-hmm. is thinking about it and we've done such a great job in selling you on this i guess <laughs> <laughs> um if you're thinking about paying it picking it up i would recommend release order um not like in a star wars fan way where you start with a new hope because that's like the real star no uh it's more kind of like in a um if you're going to start with Lord of the Rings, you should read The Hobbit, and then you should read Lord of the Rings, and then The Salmarillion, because if you start with The Salmarillion, you're going to get lost. Um, yeah. It's it's kind of, he starts with The Hobbit, and you're like, okay, this is the story, and then you get to Lord of the Rings, and you're like, oh, the necromancer Sauron, and this is what the one ring is, Bilbo's ring is, and it peels back the layers, and you're like, all right, Sauron was the bad guy, and The Salmarillion's like, yeah, not quite. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like peeling back the layers if you kind of do release order. Um and you learn more and more about Xehanort, who is, was the current big bad guy. We're getting into a new one who I am so excited for. Um, he seems like an absolute dream of a big bad guy. But Xehanort, um, I think, is really – and he's just got so many plans. He's got so many versions of himself. Hmm. Um, he pulls himself out of the past. Um, the two other main big bad guys in Kingdom Hearts um, through this era were Anthem and Xemnas who are uh, Xehanort's both Heartless and uh, Nobody, respectively. And he basically sends them out into the world to create chaos um, after he gets split in two. Um, And he's just got basically, he sees this chessboard in front of him. And just like the the planning this man has. If you thought Palpatine was smart, you've got another thing coming. (laughs) Xehanort wipes the floor with Palpatine every day of the week. Palpatine only had to consider one galaxy, right? Like, 
Yeah. Xehanort's like worried about like multiple worlds across universes and mirror versions of those things. And yeah. Yeah. No, Palpatine's like, I kind of came back for the dead one time. And Xehanort's like, how did you even die? You should have had like six bodies lined up. What are you doing? (laughs) Xehanort hangs out with Palpatine and Voldemort and is like, really, guys? That's it? That's all you did? (laughs) <laughs> like 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 you you like your machinations in this whole galaxy and you take over with these clone troopers and stuff and uh and you manipulate this kid and you turn him into a bad guy and stuff and then you over there you split your soul into a bunch of pieces and put him in all these things but then you look like a snake man whatever is going on there you just you're just horrific to look at and you got killed by a baby like what like what are you doing guys i did all of the things that you guys did all of them and i'm still beautiful you know like yeah. Xehanort, yeah he's like i just look like a normal 80 year old what are you guys doing <laughs> <laughs> and then he's just he's and also he has like a goal like he basically wants to reset and like restore the universe his whole yeah. personality kind of or goal being like all right we gotta reset the universe um i can't do that as a good guy <laughs> I'm the bad guy, I guess. Fine, whatever. Yeah. If I yeah. reset the universe, all of the bad things I do go away anyway. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, very Thanos. it's it's very Thanos. It's like the the because Thanos's whole thing is like is like, look, I'm gonna do the thing that nobody else has the will to do, and does that make me a bad person? Maybe, but the but the universe will thank me, right? Like that's that's yeah. his whole his whole attitude towards it, um, which is obviously not the case. <laughs> <laughs> which is why yeah. he goes full evil in Endgame when he realizes that he does all of this stuff and then everybody is ungrateful. So he's like, okay, next time I'll just wipe out everything and there will be nobody to yeah, interfere exactly. with it's, it's It is very Thanos-esque. It's good. I haven't yeah. actually thought about that comparison, mainly because I hate MCU Thanos. But, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I just, I love that character. I love all the exploration of yeah of him um fun fact the keyblade was originally gonna be a chainsaw <laughs> that would have been was a that, very different vibe hey, he's a 12 year old kid with a chainsaw in alice in wonderland why <laughs> there's this uh there's this concept art from when they were pitching the game and the game originally started up because uh disney games i don't even remember what the company was um the Disney video games division and Squaresoft were in the same building and they were basically just some people were in the elevator together and they were like, what if we did a crossover? And they've been like, yeah, that was ridiculous. And then Nomura walked into a board meeting and was just like, this is what we're doing. (laughs) Uh, But some of the early concepts are, you see Sora, he's got like cat ears and like a lion tail and he's holding like a chainsaw over like the back of him. He still looks exactly the same. Big shorts, uh, big shoes. uh, And the, they give him the ears and the tail, and he's holding like a chainsaw sword instead because it's square. And <laughs> they just walked off of uh, Leon with the gunblade, and they're like, "Oh, look at us!" Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's, Disney looks at them and said, "Get rid of the chainsaw, but we like it." <laughs> I love it because it, there is a there is an evolution there, right? Because it's like it's like Cloud Strife. What's his deal? Really big sword. Cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool, cool. Squall Leonhart. Uh, we're still we're at cloud strife squally and heart we're, we're still going with the weather-based uh phenomena uh, mm-hmm. uh for the names uh cool 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 what's his deal really big sword with a gun in it awesome rad super cool 
Uh, also a great leather jacket. Uh, yep. I, ne- next character, uh, who, who, who's this guy going to be? S- uh, Sora, which, uh, what is, what's a Sora mean? Isn't it like sun or something? So like that? Sora, Sora means sky. So they get sky, yeah. Riku is land, Kyrie is water, and then obviously yeah. Terra, Aqua, and Venner, the land. So uh, Sora is sky. Like, yeah, so it's like you go, you go cloud, squall, sky. Yep. Right, yeah, like yeah. It's just, and what's he got? A chainsaw sword. Like, uh, not gonna work with Disney. Okay, <laughs> we like the oh, premise though. Um, a really big key. Yeah, <laughs> and the only reason Sarah exists as a character is because when they originally pitched the idea, uh, it was gonna be Mickey, Donald, and Goofy, and Disney Disney was still kind of timid on it. They're like, "We'll yeah. let you do it, but we're not giving you him. You can have anybody else you want, not the mouse." Uh, <laughs> we're still not a hundred percent sold on it, and they're like, "Well, can we use them at all?" And they're like, "You get two seconds with them." So they toss Mickey into the last two seconds of the game, and then the game did very well. And then they were like, "Okay, you can play with Mickey in two. You can you can use yeah. Mickey now." <laughs> and, and and you can seemingly kill Goofy. Oh my God, man! Uh, yes. too. That moment is such a gut wrencher when you're like, "Did they just seriously kill Goofy?" And like Donald is like about to lose it. Like you're like, "Oh, because because." Uh, if, if we didn't really explain this earlier, so if you don't have any frame of reference for it, I, Goofy is the captain of King Mickey's guard, mm-hmm. and and Donald is his I uh, uh, like sorcerer, yeah, his yeah. mage, right? Um, so Donald has like a staff and like shoots fireballs and stuff, and you're like, is Donald about to go like? like full dark side and like like use meteor or something like that like <laughs> yeah. that's a fun fantasy like, attack right. even before that you've got mickey he just like watches like sora and donald just rush goofy's body and like yeah. both start to like sob and like deny the existence of goofy just getting clocked in the head so hard with a rock that the, everyone thinks he's dead he's not responding and mickey's just sitting there and just staring in like complete disbelief clenches his fist says they'll pay for this throws off his overcoat pulls out his keyblade in the reverse grip and then just beelines it towards the bad guy <laughs> it's so good it's so good because it was this was an era so I, I people people might not not know this about the way that disney treated mickey mouse is that like at one point in time there, people were pretty like like creators were pretty free with what they could do with mickey and mm-hmm. then in the 90s i i a, an animated short called Runaway Brain came out. And I love that short. It's so good, but Disney has almost like tried to deny that it ever existed because in it, I, I, a, an, an evil scientist swaps Mickey's brain with a monster's brain, um, and I, I, and so Mickey Mouse's body with this monster's brain in it goes and does a bunch of evil stuff. Um, and the scientist who 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 did this gets like electrified and crumbles to dust uh, because of his own experiment. Right? Uh, it's it's intense. Like Runaway Brain is is you're like, how did Disney make this? Um, but there was like a blowback after it came out because I guess some 
people because it was the 90s uh probably like a mom group or something like that got oh, for sure. a mom signed group. Or something. Only a mom yeah. group would complain about mickey mouse yeah That's- exactly <laughs> yeah. I, I and and so disney is what has been so gun shy with that character for so long so i i I think like Kingdom Hearts has been one of the only places where where they were able to experiment with that, and Kingdom Hearts two when they were uh, when they allowed them to to like just unleash Mickey in that way it was like I think for a lot of us it was like whoa like we've never seen Mickey mm-hmm. like this before it's so cool, but the funny thing is that I think I think in the same way that I talk about like like the Space Paranoids world leading to Tron Legacy I think that Kingdom Hearts and Nomura with this with this silly little project that he had um sort of on the side that that nobody at disney was really paying attention to because it's just a video game right like at the time they're like it's just a video game and this is like this is ps2 era right so this is this is right when video games are about to go from being um a, a a kid's distraction from their homework to being the primary source of entertainment for every generation that's come since right i i and and now like the video game industry it it dwarfs film and television in terms of revenue by like i think it's like tenfold like it's crazy how much money video games make um and what a big industry it is yeah it's because they don't cancel their projects to save tax uh david oh, 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 <laughs> I, I, hopefully james gunn is going to sort all of that nonsense out i i if, if i were him day one in that role i'd be like how do we get batgirl back in the theater because that's oh yeah right, right? <laughs> as a creative i think like it's a, he, he he would feel that but anyways well we can't we cannot we can't afford to get into that topic um i think i think that kingdom hearts and mickey and donald and goofy and the way that those characters were allowed to be used in that opened up Disney to realizing that they needed to actually let go of the reins on those characters a little bit more. Um, Mm. And eventually we get to the, the uh, world of Mickey mouse cartoons that we've got now where they redesigned the character. They brought him back to his roots of like being a, a, like a sort of like a madcap, like a real cartoon character again, right? Not a mascot. Between there, you get that really crucial step of Epic Mickey being in there. I think that was. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Epic Mickey, which like, listen, gameplay wise, not there, not there. No. A real, real slog to get through. I think Uh, it's just because it's on the Wii. If that was on any other system. Epic Mickey and Epic Mickey 2 are rough games to play. Yeah. But in terms of story, they are two of my favorite video games of all time. Like um, Epic Mickey is such a good game and the story of Oswald. I mean like I'd love to see mm-hmm. Oswald show up in Kingdom Hearts as well. I think I it, man, let's go to the Epic Mickey world. Like let's just go straight there to Epic Mickey with Sora actually have good gameplay. Uh, in that world, uh, it's just uh, on a table in Yensid's office because Yensid's totally. in Kingdom Hearts, so you can just hop over. <laughs> bingo, bingo. Um, yeah, but like I think, like like yeah, I, th- I think the video games did allow them to experiment with those characters a little bit, and then and then realize that there's actually value in in allowing Mickey to be um, to be flexible in in what he can be. He can be the mascot at the theme park and pose for pictures with the kids, but then he can also be 
a ridiculous absurdist cartoon character like he is in the world of mickey mouse stuff um which i love those cartoons so much these everything they've done has been so so good um and and now like they're bringing that into the park with the with the rides right um uh, yeah runaway train i think is what it's called um yep. which is open in florida and i think it opens soon in california it's so close i want to know if they intentionally made it very close naming wise to runaway brain like they were like we know we know we're like <laughs> i feel like <laughs> i feel like it, yeah. there. <laughs> i feel like there's got to be a like a, a, a connection like there's got to be like somebody who was like let's call it runaway train and I bet, it's, well, it's got to be one of the imagineers who's like this is what we're calling it and because i'm trying to link it to this and the executives are like oh yeah that's a good name that makes sense and they're like yeah yeah, 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 yeah you're yeah, not yeah, thinking totally. about it <laughs> totally totally yeah um awesome Look, we've been talking for over an hour about Kingdom Hearts, and I'm sure that we could go on forever. Is there anything else you want to cover off before before we uh, do? Do you want to talk a little bit about like your personal connection to it? Because we've kind of talked around that, but never really gotten into like the the actual one on one aspect of it. For sure, um, yeah, my my history with it's uh, pretty straightforward. Um, Disney um, was huge kind of in my household it stuck with me the most more than anybody in the house um but like i didn't see like to to put in perspective like it's not just like you know disney it's like i wasn't allowed to kind of watch not disney animation because not because like a strict rule on it my parents just didn't know what it was or care about it like i could watch nickelodeon and stuff but i didn't see a ghibli film until i got to college Hmm. um like that just stuff wasn't in the house um that was basically the only cultural reference point i had for about until i got to high school and then i was too attached to it to disney um to care to look elsewhere um so it was just that's what it was and uh my neighbor had a ps2 and he brought over some games i was in kindergarten um so this event this has been the year kingdom hearts came out um oh one um or thereabouts and he he came over and I was thought all the goofy and I, I was like all right well, we're playing that game uh, <laughs> and um, I've uh, it, I I haven't put it down since kindergarten um, I've played most of the I played yeah I played all of the games um, I've I've trekked through the mobile games reluctantly uh, if, <laughs> you guys, if you guys if you, that's where you get the deep lords the mobile games which is, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's I it's good but I. Pay to play mobile game is not my preferred. <laughs> I have to watch. I get. I get to a point where I'm watching most of the cutscenes on YouTube because I'm like, yeah. I'm not paying you fifteen dollars a week to play this game. <laughs> um, but uh, I've I've played all of it. Um, it's. I think the only ones I haven't played closest to release were some of the. Uh, were probably Birth by Sleep because I had to borrow a friend's PSP and then Dream Drop Distance was the same thing. I had to borrow a friend's 3DS um but it was uh, yeah. it's just always been looming it's always it's been my favorite game series uh last mm. of us is inching there it's getting close uh god of war ragnarok ask me next week where we're so close we're so close on ragnarok i can't believe it um 
Yeah, which if you had told me if you had told me before 2018, before that God of War came game came out, that I would be this excited about a God of War sequel and like this is one of my favorite franchises, I would have slapped you in the face because I hated those original God of War games so much. I, I didn't like, play them until I played 2018. I didn't. Yeah. It wasn't even. It wasn't even on my radar. I mean, because I was like what, elementary school when those games yeah. were coming out. So. I want I want you to know that like I'm turning to dust as you talk. Because- <laughs> Because you've made me feel so, so, so old. I, I, by saying that Kingdom Hearts came out when you were in kindergarten mm-hmm. is like, cause I was in, I was in 10th or 11th grade when that oh, wow. when Kingdom right. Hearts came out. I guess I was probably in 11th grade. It was, yeah. I, I, yeah, because Kingdom Hearts two came out the year after I graduated. Uh, I had that uh, effect on people. There's a there's a coworker I had as a um at my last job, and he was also into Kingdom Hearts and Star Wars. And I was just we'd be talking, and it was like, "Yeah, we're Revenge of the Sith came out when I was in third grade." And he's like, "I need you to stop talking." Yeah, bingo, bingo. Yeah, that's it's too much. It's too much. I, I yeah, yeah. Like when you say something like that, I'm like, so then you're like, you're you're like twelve now. And it's like, no, 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 no. It's been it's been two over two decades since Kingdom Hearts came out. I which is I don't want to put the world in that context. I don't want my life to be in that context. Uh, yeah, which is for like me. It's just basically because I'm 26. Kingdom, I've known. I I have a very limited perception of existence pre Kingdom Hearts. Without it Kingdom almost Hearts. Does, it almost doesn't exist. It's yeah. just been constant the the whole way through. I've I've had I've been writing with that game series. That's incredible. And, uh, That's it, incredible. It's my ride or die. I'll defend it to anybody. Anybody tells yeah, me it's yeah, ridiculous, yeah. I'll be like, yeah, sure. It's it's one. It is one of those things where it's like, where it's like, is Kingdom Hearts good? And I'm like, I can't answer that question for you. Like, like that is like, is Kingdom Hearts good? Is a question that every person has to answer for themselves. Yeah. I I, because like mileage is gonna vary, man. I is the gameplay good in the mainline games? Absolutely, gameplay is phenomenal, and I think it gets better with each one. Yeah. One, two, and three. It's so good. Uh, you get it's so it's good. Talk to the speedrunners if you wanted an explanation why two is better than three. But I think I think yeah, three yeah, is yeah. also, especially with the DLC, yeah. all, all on par with two. Those are those games have some of the tightest gameplay you're gonna see. Like oh, it's fast. Man. It's it is. You need to get with with those games. I've done a. And and the great thing about Kingdom Hearts is like if you want to hit X to win, you can do that. You can. Um, you, you can play the game that way but if you want to get deep into the systems and look really cool while you're playing it like it mm-hmm. like kingdom hearts 3 is the fastest path to feeling like you are that awesome even though it's like yeah. no no the game is doing all of the work and you've hit three buttons but uh, yeah. i but yeah no i but and then it's like is the story good it's like uh which one like which part of which story are you talking about because like as we've discussed like it's there are so many layers to it yeah um, i think i think in alma and not to keep bringing it back to star wars i think it, it's 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 in the kingdom hearts the star wars category it's like there's a kingdom hearts game for everybody like I, so, distance, yeah. I don't like but i know all my friends who love pokemon 
love that one. Yeah, I can't stand it. Because they're catching, they're catching little dream monsters. You get your monsters, uh, you got to train them up, you get to go play with them. And I'm like, I hate this. I hate that all my abilities are like yeah. tied to these guys. And everyone's like, no, I love them. They're cute. And I love fighting them. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, yeah, I mean, like, so yeah, I was I was a teenager when it came out. I didn't have a PlayStation Two, so it was this thing like where I would see it back in the day. I this is the third podcast, three days in a row, where I have had to explain myself to younger people. It's like there were there was a point in time where you would go to a a, a store, which was like a physical place. I don't know if we even <laughs> really have stores anymore. You go to a physical place in order to purchase things because you couldn't just get uh, a, a, a little helicopter to drop it on your doorstep like you can today. Um, so you had to go to a physical store and, and video games were very expensive. They are still very expensive, but for some reason we're okay with just paying $70 or $80 per entertainment uh, uh, item nowadays. Yeah, someone back, to relax with the raising the prices $10 yeah, every oh generation. Back then... Uh, you would go to this one place and then they would have all of the games that had come out pretty much. And you would say, I would like that one for a week. And they would say, this is how much money that costs. And it was a fraction of the cost of the actual game. So you could, yeah, you could, you could, well, I wasn't at Blockbuster at the, for this particular one. I was at mm-hmm. a, a, a little mom and pop shop called Microplay uh, in, in Penticton. Um, and my friend, my friend was working there at the time and I was looking and I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, what's this game with Donald and Goofy on the cover and this like Final Fantasy looking guy? And he's like, so my, my best friend this is my best friend in the whole wide world. My the best man at my wedding, Bill is like, well, that's Kingdom Hearts. Uh, it's an RPG where you go through different Disney movies like Alice in Wonderland. I'm like, stop right there. I have zero interest in this <laughs> because I'm like 16. Right. So I'm t- way too cool for this. I'm like 16 or 17 at yeah. this point. So I, I, when I first encountered kingdom hearts, I'm like, no, no, not, not for me. Um, and then it wouldn't be until a couple of years later. I, uh, uh, when I was in film school and, uh, and my friend Carl, who was one of the groomsmen at my wedding, I uh, was living in my parents' basement. I was living in my parents' house going to school and he needed a place to live and he moved into my basement. Um, I rented it from my parents. So one of my best friends was living in my house with me and we were hanging out all the time. And he was like, you should check out, like, you like all of this stuff. You should check out kingdom hearts. Uh, and so I started playing it on his PlayStation two and, uh, and got most of the way through it. I got all the way to the fight with Riku and I couldn't beat him. Cause I just couldn't, figure uh, out. I just okay. couldn't figure out the parry system at the time. It was just, yeah. I just couldn't grasp it. Um, yeah. And so I dropped it at that point, but then Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. So I watched a video online, not on YouTube, because YouTube didn't (laughs) exist yet, you guys. It didn't exist. I think I was in an MSN group, which were like chat boards on MSN.com. And there was like like these MSN groups. I was in a group that was a role-playing group, like tabletop role-playing, but without any mechanics, where we would just go into these chat boards and message boards and you would just say what your characters were doing and somebody posted videos of what happened in kingdom hearts at the end of kingdom hearts and so i downloaded and watched those quick time videos on my computer 
I I I I played uh, Leon on on the RP board. By the way, that was my character because you nice. didn't like create your own character. You grabbed a character from the world or whatever, and that's who I was because I uh, because he was Squall is my favorite Final Fantasy character. Eight's my favorite Final Fantasy game. Um, which I mean, your favorite Final Fantasy game is often this almost always holds true. Uh, it's the first one you played, <laughs> and eight was the mm. first one that I played, followed by six. So. I I love both of those more than anything uh, in the Final Fantasy history, but uh, but Leon also voiced in the first one by David Boreanaz, uh, Angel from Buffy, and uh, I was big into Angel and Buffy at the time, so uh, it was like oh my god, worlds colliding. Um, so I so I played Leon on that RP board, and yeah, so I I caught up with the the end of the story that way, and then Kingdom Hearts two came out, and and I and I played that like uh, uh cover to cover to mix metaphors uh to use an analogy um i played the crap out of that one and then i eventually went back and played through all the way through one and beat one uh years later but uh one of the one of the remasters um and i've played a bunch of the other ones but not not all of them and i've only ever finished the mainline games that's right. one two and three those are the only ones that i've ever like complete and then and chain of memories because there was a very big gap between kingdom hearts to kingdom hearts and kingdom hearts 2 and there wasn't really anything else to do while you waited for kingdom hearts 2 and chain of memories was on the game boy advance and card battle game not my active card battle i think is what the system's called Uh, not my favorite it's not i don't i can't i think the, the if you do play that game Try and get your hands on the GBA version. It is better than the PlayStation remaster, um, but <laughs> it's still it's especially if you come right off of one. It's besides gameplay aside, it's you're yeah. going through Sora's memories, which is you're about to go rehash all of the Disney worlds you just did. <laughs> it's repetitive. All the yeah. stuff between that, yeah, which yeah. is the the one problem Disney uh, Kingdom Hearts is starting to run into is. You go in, you do the Disney World, you get out, and then they're like, "Okay, and here's the story." And you're like, <laughs> I, yeah. need, "I need them to start blending it a little bit more." Um, yeah, for sure. Again, like the like in the first first and second games, were really good at that. Yeah, um, well, like, like Space Paranoids, right? Because Space Paranoids is this great instance of like you need to go into Ansem's computer in order to recover information, and when you go into his computer, the inside of his computer is Tron. Right. Yeah. And there's yeah. and, and it, it's not actually Tron. You're not in the Tron world. You are inside Ansem's computer where Ansem knows about Tron and copied Tron from the Tron world and made a duplicate of him in his own computer to protect his own computer. Because that's Ansem the purpose of Tron. The in- Tron program from NCOM. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he duped it and installed it on his own computer without a license, which is that uh, Kevin Flynn would absolutely support that. So um, sure. Nomura, Nomura gets it. He gets it so hard. Oh, we don't have time. We can't get all, we can't get into space paranoids again. I, I, we're at an hour and a half man um no so like and 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 so like i've like i've gotten deep into kingdom hearts and read the manga and all that sort of stuff um in order to to re-experience the story without actually having to play through the game over and over um Mm -hmm. and also the manga that the manga for the first one is so good it's so good the art is just immaculate uh i think they just wrapped up the the manga for the third game in that 
Okay. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, man. And it was hard to come by back then. Like back then, like Mm -hmm. finding manga, finding popular manga was difficult. Finding something that was like niche at the time, which would be like kingdom hearts manga. And I live in Vancouver and like, we have a huge Asian community across this city and finding that manga back in like, this would have been like 2004, 2005 was yeah. difficult. It was difficult to track those down, but I did, I did it. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, awesome. You know what? I think, I think that's where we got to wrap it up. We got to, we got to bring it all home. I, I listen, I, this is the thing about a perfect 10 when we talk about a perfect 10, is it, is it actually literally perfect in the sense of like, is every single aspect of it um, exactly, you know, uh, to the highest quality standard imaginable? That's not what a perfect 10 is, right? Like a perfect 10 is subjective. Um, it, 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 but, but universal at the same time, um, this is what makes it so difficult for me to define it, but, and it, it is a personal thing for everybody. Cause it is going to be, you know, where you come at it from. So kingdom hearts, I don't know if it's going to be a perfect 10 for everybody in the way that I can say that like ghostbusters is pretty universally a, a perfect 10, right? For sure. Yeah. I, I, but is kingdom hearts, a perfect 10, Without a doubt, it's a perfect 10 because for what it aims to be, for what it tries to accomplish, I, nothing does it better. Nothing does it better. A F- Final Fantasy is not as good. A Disney movie is not as good. Somehow putting the two of them together, the, the sum is greater than, the, than, than its parts. They, right? they complement each other. You wouldn't guess it. Beautifully. They, they work. Yeah. They work together on a, on a really amazing level. Yeah. It's like it's like putting Sour Patch Kids into your popcorn at the movie theater. You're like, why would I do that? This is this seems like the sort of chaotic thing that only an evil mastermind would do. And then you have a handful of that and you're like, this is wonderful. This is amazing. Yeah. And I'm never going to eat popcorn or Sour Patch Kids the same again. Right. Exactly. Um, it's not uh, there was a not to not to drag this out a little bit. There was a. Yeah onion or like hard drive article a few months ago that was just like breaking all kingdom hearts uh bullshit is not disney and that's from final fantasy and i'm like yeah no like all the sequels and spinoffs and all the weird lore world building i'm like that's namura pulling from seven and then all the hope and optimism that you're just like wrenching out of the disney movies with the happy endings and (laughs) yeah yeah no yeah no in that analogy it's like yeah uh the disney movies are oranges right and the the final fantasy stuff is the juicer <laughs> so yeah, it's just like exactly. you're just no more <laughs> taking these oranges slicing them in half and ramming them into final fantasy and just getting the juice out of that just just because really like juicing an orange is a very violent act uh and uh, that's exactly what kingdom hearts is I think yeah. I've just summed up Kingdom Hearts better than any human being has ever managed to do. That is that an analogy. absolute perfect analogy. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, uh, David, th- thank you so much for having this ridiculous hour and a half conversation about Kingdom Hearts with me. It was an absolute ab- pleasure. Yeah, it was a joy. I, we'd have to do it again sometime. <laughs> totally. 100%. 100%. I, David, if people want to follow you uh, and uh, I, your, your, your insane musings on Kingdom Hearts, uh, uh, where, where are they going to find you? 
Uh, I'm just about pretty much only on Twitter. Um, at mindful underscore Jedi. That's where you're going to find me. Um, I'll talk about Star Wars. Uh, every time there's Kingdom Hearts news, I'll spiral and you'll get a whole bunch of that. Um, <laughs> and then I also uh, talk about art a lot. I post uh, most of my art there. So that's, that's where you'd see any of that. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody go, go follow David on Twitter, uh, mindful underscore Jedi. Um, he is, he is a very good follow. Uh, uh, I, that is endorsed stamped <laughs> of, approval. Um, awesome. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, especially our Patreon producer, Brian Murawski. Uh, and uh, uh, the, just a reminder, I'll have said it at the beginning in my intro, but I'm going to say it again here. I love doing this podcast. I can't justify doing it every other week until we hit that 250 a month threshold. So uh, go to patreon.com slash thunderquack and uh, kick in. Uh, and, and listen, if everybody listening did a dollar, we'd get there. We get there in no time. It's not, it, we don't have that far to go. And then I'll start doing these every other week. But uh uh, but I got I got to be able to justify that to Crystal. Like she will not <laughs> allow me to take as much time as I do on these. I I you know scheduling and coordinating and all that sort of thing. Um, if I if 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 there's not if this is the thing I don't even take that money. Like the money doesn't even come to me. But I know I'll be able to justify it to her if I'm like, look, we're raking in 250 American a month on this. I I <laughs> which just pays for the podcast itself. But. Um, in any case, that's the that's the goal that I've set for 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 us as a community uh, to hit, and so I hope that we can, so that I can have more ridiculous conversations like this, and we can like this is the thing because this is the thing, David, is that like I got I have a line like there's there's a bunch of people who want to come do episodes of Perfect Ten. I've never experienced this before in my podcasting career. Usually, I'm like, hey, would you please? please come on my podcast. Uh, but this one, like when you say, Hey, does anybody want to come on a podcast and talk about a thing that they love so, so much. And all of my friends who have podcasts are just, you know, uh, terminally online like me, they're like, yeah, absolutely. So I got like six or seven more people lined up that want to come do perfect 10. I got like my own dream list of people that I want to bring on the podcast. Um, and we got to get through a few more of them before we start circling back around to people who've already been on the show. So if we're, if we're doing podcasts every other week, we'll do that even faster. And then, and then I don't know, man, what, what would be the next thing that you would want to do, David? Just, just tease the audience. What's the next perfect 10 you'd want to talk about? Oh, you know, I think I might have to stick with video games and either go last of us or God of war. And heck yeah, man. Like I'm down for both of those. So let's put them on the list and circle back around to them. I, I, for sure. uh, at some point, uh, but that's it for this one. Talking about Kingdom Hearts, like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure. This has been so much fun, um, and uh, and I hope everybody listening enjoyed it. Uh, whether you are a Kingdom Hearts fan or not, hopefully we converted some people. Not that Kingdom Hearts is hurting. Like I don't think that they're too worried about it. But like, no. just you know, like <laughs> they it's keep fun. The make endless amounts of them but if you want to join in and uh yeah it's good fun and it feels good yeah even the sad ones (laughs) (laughs) awesome cool thank you david for being on thank you everybody for listening and we will catch you on the next episode thunder quack perfect 10 is hosted by me michael cohen 
Follow us on Twitter at ThunderQuackPod, on Instagram at ThunderQuackPodcast, on Facebook at ThunderQuack, and join us on Discord at ThunderQuack.com Discord. Support the podcast by heading to Patreon.com ThunderQuack to get early access, bonus episodes, and the ThunderQuack Perfect 10 Pop Quiz. ThunderQuack Perfect 10 is part of the ThunderQuack Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.